I'm going to talk about patterns of peace. Things Jesus did, you know, brought peace. You know, Jesus, he paid the price for peace. When he came to this earth, they said he's the prince of peace. Yeah. You know, his message established peace. You know, um, his death paid for it. We experience it because of what Jesus did. So any peace that you've ever experienced comes from Jesus. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm not talking about contentment. I'm talking about any peace that goes anywhere on this earth, whether it's acknowledged or not, can only come from him. So once we establish that, we know, we know where to go to get it. We don't have to be running around looking for it. So there was that enormous price paid for us to walk, to think, and to live in these patterns that Christ set down for us. So if we want peace, you, this is, a lot of people think peace is just feeling good. This just feels so good. You know, every time Jesus was talking about peace, it was really not peaceful what was going on. So I think it's funny how we think, well, this just doesn't feel peaceful. Well, that's okay. Jesus is just trying to get the sin out of your life. Because he wants real peace, not false peace, that the enemy wants to deceive you and think, oh, look how good it feels. The, enemy's t- he's, the enemy is the prince of it feels good for me. <laughs> and so if you really want peace, you've got to get into the thick of things. You can't just float on the top. You, you can't just float on the top. What, when they took the silver, what happened? The impurities went what? To the top. I don't want to be at that. I don't want to get burned off. I don't want to flow to the top. So we got to get into the thick of things, even among strife sometimes, disagreements. How many of you guys have disagreed with your spouse, your children, your neighbors, your coworkers, strangers? All of the above. Yes, sometimes we have disagreements. We have different thoughts. Is that a new concept? We have different ideas of how to do things. And you know, a lot of them, they can all be good ideas for the path God has for you and for them, works for them. So um, I'm going to read in God's word um, how Jesus responded in a chaotic moment where he came in and said, I'm going to bring peace over this situation. So in John 8, I'm going to read from there. I'm going to start right and run. This is when Jesus was at the Mount Olives, and it says, At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. I don't know how she did that by herself, but, you know. They made her stand. You want me to drop this mic? Just joking. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses, so they're like, Woman, you loved Moses, so I'm going to bring him into this, commands us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? Like, hey, God already told Moses, you're going to disagree, you're disagreeing with God. You know, they're basically trying to do that. They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus, you guys say, but Jesus. Okay. It's kind of, you know, this isn't like, hey, should we stone her? I'm pretty sure people are yelling and spitting and screaming at her, like, stone her. Da-da. And it's, it's, it's probably like a mob mentality. It's not like, 
could you guys wait in line, get a stone, got to do this, Moses said. I don't think it was like that, okay? Didn't probably feel very peaceful, especially for this woman, right? I don't think that it felt like peace was going on. So Jesus, he's just in the middle of this, and it says, but Jesus bent down and started to write in the ground. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to him, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote in the sand. Now, I've heard that this isn't in the Bible, so don't be like, she preached and false. No, I heard someone say, I wonder if he was writing their sins out in the sand. The things that they had done, if they wanted to accuse. So I kind of, I think of Jesus being like that, like just a smile, being like greed, pride, you know. And they're looking at this like, Oh, this guy. So that's just what I like to think. Like, because why would he reach down again? What is he doing in that sand? And those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first. Until I love that part because we've had a lot more time to be rebellious and do that. And we realize, oh, if it ain't, if, you know, without Jesus, I wouldn't be who I am. We have a lot more time to realize that the older we get, don't we? So I love that the older ones went away first. Wisdom, greyhound, you know, gray hair, crown of splendor right there. You know, they knew, that's me. Until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. And Jesus just straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? No one has condemned you. No, no one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go and leave your life of sin. I love that. <clears throat> He took that, he took the pride of their self-righteousness, he took that wind right out of their sail. And he didn't have to argue with them, he didn't have to yell with them, he didn't have to say, God, you send down a pill of fire for this group of people, they'd be in a mob right now. He didn't do any of that. He just took the wind right out of their sail, and they were like, oh. They came all mad, full of pride, self-righteousness, and, and, Look at her. Look what she did. At least I'm not. You ever had that thought in your head? At least I don't. Oh, I, whenever I hear that, I'm like, oh, that ain't from the Lord. If I'm judging myself against someone, God's like, do you want to say what at least they aren't doing? That you are? Don't do that. I thought, okay. So that's what they were doing to her. But Jesus, you know, he knew how to bring peace. He just came in and he pulled out all of that anger. He pulled out all of the pride. He pulled out all of the offense of that situation. But he still confronted the situation, didn't he? He didn't just be like, whatever works for you guys, you know. Just got to do what you got to do. It's okay. It's fine. No, he still confronted the situation. And that had to be kind of, you know, he probably had to get up to the front and it says that they were still questioning him. I'm pretty sure they weren't like, Jesus, why are you doing this? You know, it says in the book, they're probably screaming at Jesus over him, mom mentality, while he's doing this. <clears throat> and he didn't get scared and say, oh, this is just causing too much chaos. No, he said, I'm bringing true peace. So while still confronting the situation, Jesus spoke truth and love. And he said, you get forgiveness because I'm going to put the peace of that over you. And he also had correction. He said, leave your life of sin. He didn't say, oh, it's not sin. It's not your fault. You know, God just still loves you. He said, God loves you and no more doing that. Didn't he? 
and he brought peace to the situation. I'm pretty sure she felt very peaceful when it was just her and Jesus. I'm pretty sure she's like, I'm changing this. I don't want to be in this situation again. Right? Have you ever been somewhere and you're thinking, I don't want to be here again? You know, that's where he said, you're forgiven. And also, just change that. There's no peace in that. Walking in peace takes love and correction, forgiveness and confrontation. Peacekeepers are way different than peacemakers. Uh, So, peace, I, I always think, how many of you guys have seen the movie The Hunger Games or read the book? So they had these, so it's like this like post like apocalyptic type, how do you say that, apocalyptic type world and they have these, like all these things and it's like very regiment and these are the peace, they're called um, peacekeepers and they are the, they're like the military and they are abusing people and beating them up and, and things like that and I thought, isn't that funny how we use the name peacekeepers? And I think sometimes, um, sometimes we do that where we're like, I want to be a peacekeeper, so I just don't want people to say anything, so I'm just going to shut it down. Instead of being a peacemaker, like, hey, it, it's going to get, ca- well, listen to what they're saying. What are they shouting about? What's going on? So it takes all of that. And wisdom usually comes from the Holy Spirit, right? Would you guys agree with that? So not from our own self-righteousness. Not from, you know what, well, I read it in the Bible one time you're supposed to stone people, so I'm going to just throw, you know, I'm going to walk down the street and throw stones at people. <laughs> you know, I don't recommend doing that. You might get a free meal and a place to stay, but you might not like where it is. <laughs> right? So, no, but wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit. And you can know all the facts, but the Holy Spirit knows the truth of the situation. The world that people thought a fact was the world was flat at one point. That was a fact. That was science. But God always knew the truth was that he created the world to be round, right? So there's a difference. Facts can change. The truth of God never does. It can be a fact, and 100 years later, it's not a fact. I mean, women used to put um, mercury and lead on their face as makeup. We don't do that anymore, right? It's not good for you. But it was, oh, this, this is, we've proven this. It's, it says that it makes you better. So, but that's why we need to go to the Holy Spirit. Because no matter how many facts, how much um, education, how many times, you know, we think this is the right way, the Holy Spirit knows the right way. Because I don't even know if Jesus would do the same thing if another person was caught in adultery. Which actually we kind of know he didn't. Because when he went to the well, He went when that woman at the well was there, and she was living in adultery. And he said, you know what, do you just want to live like this? And she's like, no. He's like, okay, just be honest, and you have been, so let's, you know what, let's change this. He did it a different way. Isn't that funny? Because he knew how to listen to the Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool? So sometimes to, to gain peace, we can't just do it the same way we did it last time, even though it might be good. It might be like, this was good, this was godly, and God's like, yeah, but I'm not doing that that way. This person was healed, like, hey, I'll just say you're healed, go home, she'll be healed. Now you rub mud in your eyes. You know what I mean? Different things that God did, because it's about, he's saying, how do I bring peace over this situation? You know, peacemakers do what Jesus did, and he stood in the gap for people, didn't he? He stood in that gap. He stood between us and God. 
He stands between us and God. The peace, if he's the prince of peace and he stood in the gap and we are to walk Christians, little Christ, to walk like Christ, then where do we need to stand? We don't need to be high and lofty over people like, at least I didn't. Or we don't have to be low, go so low and be so humble that we, let, we allow and acknowledge sin is okay. Right? We need to stand in the gap. <clears throat> Jesus' attitudes, his boldness, he, was outra- he had outrageous ideas for his time. He spoke to women. <gasps> I, that was outrageous. That was unlawful. His actions, you know, showed us how to actively pursue peace. But he did a lot of weird things that we'd be like, you know, they were probably like, you know, we've been keeping the Sabbath like since Moses, and now here you come in and you heal somebody. Who do you think you are? And he's like, oh, I didn't know. I forgot to tell you, I'm the son of God. But, you know, things were just really, he was doing things because he was led by the Spirit. So in Matthew 10, 16, it says, stay alert. This is a hazardous work I'm assigning to you. See, y'all, right now I'm telling you, you all are in hazardous work. Jesus said, let's go. This is a hazardous work I'm assigning to you. You're going to be like sheep running through a pack of wolves. (laughs) Okay, Lord, I I gave my life to you. Now I read this. You know, this isn't the scripture that they say, you want to get to know Jesus? You want to accept him in your heart? Let me read this. You're going to be like a sheep running among a pack of wolves. You want to do this? (laughs) Did anyone get that salvation altar call? No? No? Nobody says that till you're already in. No. <coughs> you think about that. Have you guys seen a wolf? We, we, th- we don't realize, but they're like this tall. You know, when you see them on TV and they're all together and there's no people around, you're like, oh, they don't seem that big. Stand next to one. Their head is like, they're huge. And sheep, you know, they're not. You don't want a pack of wolves around you if you're a sheep. They have sharp teeth. Teeth do not have sharp teeth. So he's saying, you're going to get to be a sheep running through a pack of wolves. So don't call attention to yourself, but be shrewd as a snake. And I love this. It says, inoffensive as a dove. So we need to think, how do we get through this? How do we get through this without them coming through, the enemy just attacking and destroying and things like that? But how do we have go without bringing in this offense? You know, just you, know, you see a dove. You never see a dove and say, stupid dove is so terrible. They're so mean and terrible. You're just like, there's a dove just sitting there. Looks cute. It's fine. It's fine. It's not offending anybody. They're good. So basically, this is what he's saying in that. He's saying, he's telling you, have a tough mind and a soft heart. That's what we need to have. A tough mind and a soft heart. Sometimes we get that confused and we have a tough, we have a hard heart and a soft mind. We let anything come and go. We accept anything. We're okay with anything and our heart's so hard full of bitterness. We get it confused. Just flip it over. Tough mind, soft heart. That's what he's saying to you. He was putting in that foundational block about peace. If you want to have peace, sometimes you, you get to go into the battle with your mind. You have the answers, you have the truth, you have the wisdom. That's in your mind. But your heart for people, for humanity, 
Your heart is soft. There's nobody who is too far gone. There's nothing that is too far done because you still have the heart of Christ. That's what he had. But you still know that's sin and that's wrong. You still have, you have to have a tough mind and say, I'm not allowing that stuff into my life. I'm not allowing that. I'm not, you know, how many of you guys, I mean, I, my family, we are huge advocators for pro-life. We have to be tough on that. And people dislike us. We've lost friends. People have been terrible to us because we stand for that. We have to have a tough mind of that. But our heart has to be soft and say, I love those children. I love those moms and dads who are in that situation. We need to share the truth, even though people don't like it. See, that's where you have to have the mind and the heart, tough and soft. And that's just one, you know, one idea, one thought press, one one mindset that you have to have that on. There is everything in our life we have to think like that. We really have to think like that. You gain wisdom, but you still have the softness of Christ. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, the path that Jesus modeled was kind of scary, right? He's like, leave everything come with me, walk up to demon-possessed people, be like, hey, we're not going to do that. You know, go in front of leaders who, you know, could throw you in jail, could end your life, and, and say this. Okay. It's kind of scary and difficult. Guess what? I like my house. I like where I live. Would I have wanted to do that and say, come follow me. Everyone's going to hate you. It's going to be a great time. You're going to get ripped apart by horses going to be boiled in oil. You want to join? Nobody tells you those things, do they? <laughs> they don't say that. But that's what he's saying. He said, it's, it, it looks difficult. And, and um, it made leaders and rulers very uncomfortable and mad. Because the powers and principalities that, um, that the enemy, he does not want us to be free. He does not want us to live in peace. What does he want? He wants control. He wants all the glory. So here we are doing all these things that are just like, you know, should I say this now? Why do people get mad when we stand on the word of God for healing? Why do people get mad about that? Okay, well, they're dying and they're sick. And if they die and go to heaven, they die and go to heaven. But also, if we believe in healing, why are you mad if we are. Even if, even, if it, even if they didn't receive this healing on this earth, they still just die and go to heaven. Why are you mad if they got healing? Why are you going to fight about that? Because it's about control. Because that, that's a mindset of the enemy. But Jesus is like, no, we're going to bring peace in here. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. He did things that were hard and unpopular to bring peace to everybody. He broke down those walls and those barriers we got to get into the gap that means we got to think like jesus we got to start using gates and not walls we use boundaries and not a fence you know we got to look at that and say you know we got to be bold we got to speak truth when we are speaking truth you know not everyone's always going to like it how many times have you had to speak truth to your kids you know, it's your job to do your chores. And they're, no, I don't want you. You make me do everything. This is like a prison. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can go to the fridge and eat all your the prison mama's food, okay? No, you can't. You got a queen bed to sleep in there? Oh, you don't? Okay. You know, but that you need know, to hear this. But sometimes we got to speak truth and that we don't like it because our flesh is selfish. Like, I want to do what I want to do, and we don't even care if it hurts us. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. That's why we have so many addictions on this earth. We are willing to hurt our bodies because I'm going to do what I'm going to do. It says someone, you know, that's why we have to speak truth in love. We don't speak it to be like, zinged them, got him, look at you. No, we say it because we're like, we love you so much that we see this is going to be destructive. This is going to destroy your body, your soul, and your mind. And we love you. You should be lucky if you have people in your life who love you enough. Because a lot of people don't. Because they're so afraid to hurt someone's feelings or say no. No is not terrible. God said no to us. As humans, he's like, no, don't do that. Doesn't produce anything. But no, we have to speak truth and leave that room for grace and forgiveness because we carry the presence of God. There's always room for grace and forgiveness. Always, always, always room for grace and forgiveness. But we have to leave that place open for that and say, okay, God, what are you doing? You know, because peacemakers, they draw that line in the sand and say, no matter how uncomfortable it gets, you know, we have to say no to sin. We have to say no to corruption. We have to say no to deception and deceit. While at the same time, leaving a gate open so that people who have ears to hear can hear the truth of God. Right? And sometimes we get so far off from the Lord that we have a lot of gates we have to go through. So when you look at people and say, well, they're saved, why are they still doing this? Well, God's still working on them. It's step by step. God's like, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to stop and say, well, you're still doing this, so that's it. Saved you from these things, but that? Mm -mm. You know, sometimes we have to say no. Sometimes we have to disagree to bring peace to a situation. Sometimes you do. And I looked at that. You know, peacemakers, we don't just shout from the sidelines. You know, from behind the screen, I always thought of the Wizard of Oz. Everyone thought the, the wizard was this big, powerful, oh, you, I am the big, powerful wizard, blah, blah, blah. And he was just an old man behind a screen. That's not what peacemakers do. We don't do that and be like, hey, you go do the hard work. I'm just going to shout at this and say how bad you are, and you've got to change this, and I don't like this. What are you doing? How are you in the gap? That's the difference is we can't just be shouting and be like, I don't like this. Well, what are you going to do to change it? I don't like how, how my kids are acting. Well, what are you doing with your relationship to repair that? What part are you doing? Where are you in the gap? Get in the middle. Offer health. Help give truth. And make sure that the Holy Spirit is the solutions that you're giving. <laughs> His are way better than anything we could ever think up. And you might think, I never even thought of that. When you have that thought, I'll tell you the answer. That's the Holy Spirit. You didn't think of it. God already had it in plan. He just gave it to you as a gift. The Holy Spirit has so much wisdom. You know, we, we need to be more concerned with make, making a place of truth and freedom than proving a point. 
I like to debate. I like to argue. But not to the point it's going to wreck my relationships. It's just, you know, like, hey, let's discuss this. It's fun to have a different opinion. If you are a peace, uh, if you are, you know, a more quieter person, you probably, how many of you guys even get, like, kind of nervous if people are disagreeing in front of you? No? You all like that? You're all like, come on, fight it out. That's a lie right now because I have definitely disagreed in front of almost all of you and had debates with people. It's like, ah. It's like, it's okay. There's times for that. But, but if, we, if we're concerned about creating peace, then we need to make sure that we're, that we're bringing truth and freedom to the situation, even if it's scary. Sometimes the truth is scary. Sometimes freedom is scary. You know, think about the first time your child walked and you're like, don't run into the sharp table. Why do I have a sharp table? You know, don't go down the stairs. Why did I buy a house with stairs? You know what I mean? I want to tell you guys a story about a baby falling down the stairs. <laughs> Not my baby. I'm a good mom. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we were at a church thing, a church meeting. All these church people. Um, <laughs> And the teenagers were supposed to be watching the children. You can have teenagers watch a child if there's one teenager. What happens if you get more than one teenager watching a group of children? They're not watching the children. They're talking to each other. And now, and, and none of my, I didn't even have children at this time, okay? So this was a long, long time ago. And we're in the basement. You know, it's carpeted stairs down. And we're in the basement having our meeting. Like, what are we going to do for this and that? And the kids are upstairs. There's like 10 kids. There's a lot of kids. And there's a baby. He's about six months old. And we're like at the end of our meeting. And we he- we're praying. And we hear, boom, Wah! And we all just were like, that was a baby falling down the stairs. Luckily, he slipped and fell on his butt and then just went on the stairs and then just fell like right there. And he was perfectly fine. Of course, the mom wasn't there. It was the dad. And then she was at like a women's retreat. And the dad's like, everybody's okay, but the baby fell down the stairs. Just wait till your wife gets home to tell her that kind of stuff. If you're two hours away and you hear your child fell down the stairs, it's just not going to be good. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it can be scary. It can be scary, moms, when we let dads watch the children for the first time. My child ate sand. And then, t- not just a little sand, he videoed it and then wasn't going to show me. And I found it, like, it was like two years later. And she's little, and they're out there. And she's just like, mmm, you know you like sand? It's good. Yeah. She, and, he's, and it's like all over her face. And he's like, maybe we shouldn't. He sees him put the camera down. He's like, okay, we're eating sand. Maybe we shouldn't do this. And we'll never tell mommy. Be careful when you have a video camera. There, there's some truth for you right there. Be careful when you have it. So <clears throat> it's always scary, you know, like are they, what's going to happen? But when we give freedom, it always leads to peace. That's why Christ gave it. We need to pursue peace and not agreement. If that's the only line you get today, peace and not agreement. Agreement is not the final. Peace is. Jesus is not the prince of agreement. Doesn't that sound weird? He is the prince of peace. Our strength comes from the Lord because he is the prince of peace. When you're feeling the pinch, the pressure, you know, to keep standing. How many of you guys have felt that? Just, it's hard to be in this, 
in this day and age, it is hard to be a believer. I mean, it's like, how come, how dare you want to have a mom and a dad that love each other as a household? <laughs> Terrible people. Why are you giving money to people, the poor and the sick? Can't believe you selfish, selfish people. I mean, that is kind of how we have attacks. Like, oh, I'm sorry, we just want people to be, like, nice to each other. We want to love on each other. Can't believe that. You want people to give up a Sunday. I mean, it's kind of a little bit scary in this world to be a believer right now. Like, when you're feeling that pressure, we have to keep standing. We have to keep standing. I mean, people will mock you because it's not you, it's Jesus. That is just the devil, just like what he did when Jesus was going to the cross. He's like, ha ha, I beat you. It is not you. The devil is not real concerned about you. It is comes from the core that Christ lives in you. So when we're feeling that pressure, we have to know our strength comes from the Lord. People may come at you from the left, from the right, front, back, top, bottom. It doesn't matter because your strength comes from the Lord. Your wisdom comes from the Lord, comes from the Holy Spirit. You want peace in your home, you know where you have to know where it comes from. It comes from the Lord. Peacemakers walk, talk, and live like Jesus, and you need to do all three. You can't just walk like him, you can't just talk like him, and you can't just live like Jesus. Because if you take one of those out and you just walk like him and you're doing exactly everything he did, you could even miss it. Because just like he did it one way this time and then this way he did it the next time and you're like, well, every healing has to come with throwing mud in people's face. Yeah. So it doesn't, doesn't work like that, right? So even if you just walk like him or if you just say, if you can quote the whole Bible but your heart's all icky, and you're prideful, and you're rebellious, and you're bitter, it doesn't matter if you know the whole Bible. I'm pretty sure the devil could probably quote the whole Bible. And then you have to live like him, so then it becomes you have fruit. You will bear fruit if you're living how Jesus lived. So we need all three of those. If we want to be peacemakers, we need to walk, talk, and live like Jesus. One will not do. Just having one of those things will not do. Which means sin nature is going to get riled up. If you're doing those three things, sin nature is going to get riled up around you. If there is sin around you, it's going to get riled up. If there is sin in you, it's going to get riled up. You know why? Because if you are living, walking, and speaking like Jesus, it can't, it, it's not going to like it. Light and darkness can't reside in the same place. There's times in my life where just just going somewhere, people are like, I just, I see people get agitated. I'm not even talking to them, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to pray for that because I know there's something going on there because they can't even, I don't even know this person. They're just getting all riled up. I'm embarrassing my husband. Yeah, you are. You have such a good life. Because you have a wife who has Jesus. Thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? <laughs> All comes back to Jesus, doesn't it? <clears throat> you know, because things, principalities, ideas, and thoughts contrary to God's are not going to like you bringing in the spirit of truth. It's just not. 
You know, they're going to call you names. They're going to be like, you're intolerant. Really? Yeah, I'm not going to tolerate you murdering babies. I'm not going to tolerate you abusing people. I'm not going to tolerate that. So I, I was thinking about this. <clears throat> How long, just think we're in here. So if we're sitting here, and I started physically hurting myself right now in front of you, how long would you wait? Would you step in? Would you step in? Would you stop me if I was freaking out and I was cutting myself or hurting myself? How many of you guys would stop me? How much force would you use? Right? And to, I mean, you would be like, okay, I knocked you on the floor. I stopped you because I love you. Right? You would do that. I would hope that, you know, some of you have jobs where you have experienced that. You're not like, let them do what they want. You know, they just, it's just how they, that's what they feel is true. No, we're not going to, you don't let that happen. If someone was doing that, you're going to do it. You're going to stop and say, no, don't do that. Whatever means necessary. You might have to tackle them to the floor. You might have to hold their arms or legs down until they, you know, I worked in a juvenile detention facility. We had self-harmers. I had to hold them in restraints. Because I don't want them to harm themselves because my love for them was greater than if they were yelling or screaming at me. Yeah. Right? Instead so of just being like, just let them do what they want. Isn't that just so nice? They're just hurting themselves. That is crazy. But we do that with ideas and thoughts and things like that, don't we? We're like, well, what's good for them? That's their truth. Whatever works. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We can't tolerate deception and sin and be accepted, you know, and be loving if we don't bring the truth. The truth is a standard. The truth of God is a standard for everything that we do, every thought that we have, every action that we produce. Truth needs to be that standard, not agreement. You can get a bunch of believers to believe the wrong thing. You can get a bunch of great people to believe the wrong thing. You know, some people are, you know, good at persuasion. You have the gift of influence. God doesn't take away giftings. There's people that have a gift of influence that you're thinking, oh, Lord, please don't let, don't let them out because they're, they're going to influence people to the opposite of what God wants. But truth needs to be the standard. And if you don't know what the truth is, you have a Bible. If you do not have a Bible, I will get you a Bible. We live in America. We're allowed to have Bibles. Most of us have multiple Bibles. Most of us stack them up so they look pretty, too, because we, we use our phone. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, should I be touching this paper Bible at least once a week so I feel like I'm still a Christian? I don't know. Because <laughs> I, li- I like my phone. I like the access that I can be like, I'm going to read this scripture, and I'm going to read it ten different ways. I, I like that freedom. That God's like, you have something better than a paper Bible. You have the word of God in your pocket. You have every Bible that, you know, ever is created in your pocket. I don't have my phone in my pocket. Oh, I do. Bible's right there. Okay? But make, if you don't know the truth, you can find it in God's word. That's the standard. Basically, patterns Jesus modeled for us bring freedom to all. Bring freedom to all who has eyes, whose eyes are open and willing to accept it. So you just keep... Speaking the truth, standing, and you know what? You let, you let God decide, you know, who's good, who's not, 
what's right, what's wrong. You stand on the truth of God's word, and it's not your job to make people believe in Jesus. It's your job to preach the gospel. That's it. And stand for the truth. It's their job to accept. So that's what we need to do. We need to stand up for truth in God's word. And if you do, you will have peace in your home. You will have peace in your home. Let's pray.